in America, we're trained that in those desperate feelings of longing, we're trained to shut that down with, with either a drink or a smoke or, you know, whatever. But in bhakti, we're directed, we're invited, I guess, to, to sit in that fire and sing that pain as well as that joy. That was Jai Utal. Yo, everybody, Danny Palmplune here, back at it again and coming at you with session 126. I get really excited about everyone that I have on the show. So that's first things first. But today I have the one, the only, the legend, Jai Utal on the show. If y'all don't know who Jai Utal is, he is the man. He's Grammy nominated uh, sacred music composer. Uh, he's a recording artist. He plays a ton of instruments. Um, and most of all, his voice is that of an angel. Um, Jayu Tal is a bhakti yogi. Um, he's huge on, on the bhakti, the kirtan uh, path, and, and also circuit. And I mean, I've heard about him forever. Like, even as I first started my yoga practice, I had heard his music before. Um, so anyway, I got to talk to him today. Um, and mainly I got to talk to Well, I'm excited because I got to talk to him about uh, bhakti summer camp, which like I can't even tell you how many people have told me about it. Um, it's this cool little program where you basically go out for the summer and you learn how to kirtan and you connect with kirtan and, and singing. Um, and yeah, he's just... He's an incredible, incredible human, and uh, and so is his wife at that. And uh, his music is just absolutely beautiful. It's been around yoga for for, for a t- some time now, at least here. Um, and speaking of, yeah, just kind of you know saying that his program this year because of COVID is actually moving online, which I selfishly am super stoked about um, because it means a lot more of us get to actually uh, practice with him or even experience his program. If y'all have the opportunity to take this online course with Jai, I would not even hesitate it. I would just absolutely do it. So it's a four-week course. It's from June uh, 30th to July 28th, but you have until July 4th to sign up, so you still have a couple of days. Um, and it's just going to take you through the journey of Kirtan, the art of Kirtan, devotional chanting. It's... It is a great way, y'all. If you've never chanted before, I've always made fun of chanting, but you know I love it now. You know I chant a lot. It is a great way to just connect. And if you know anything about Jai, he is going to come through, I mean, in just a bright, shining light, and there's going to be a lot of community there. It's going to be super awesome. I personally am going to take it because this is the first time that I actually get to take it because it is online. So I'll leave those, uh, uh, those links in the show notes. Um, and just, you know, Jai and, and if, Nubia, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, without further ado, that's enough of my babble. Here goes session 126. Jai, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going okay, Danny. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I got to tell you, I have heard your name for years and years and years and years and years. And this is, I mean, uh, you've come up in so many different ways, uh, you know, just to my different Bhakti family and through my different chanting circles. And, you know, I've never actually, I've never got to experience the Jai in in real life. So I'm I'm glad I get to experience the Jai in in this capacity. (laughs) Oh, wow. Have you you heard my, my music and my albums? Well, I did. I've have heard your music and your albums, but I, not, I, what I really heard about you, like how I got to know about you in general, was 
through uh, summer camp, through Bhakti summer camp that everyone taught. I mean, literally every person I know has gone to Bhakti summer camp with you. It was either like Janet and Rust, like just a bunch of different people have gone and, and hung out with you. Uh, it's your Bhakti summer camp is like infamous. <laughs> well, infamous. Yeah. And famous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we were actually the first ones to, to be doing these kind of kirtan immersions mm-hmm. and, and it has developed, it has grown the, you know, myself, my, my ability to, to share what I know and what I've experienced has grown and, and the community of, it's like an extended family for the last 18 years, twice a year, we've had a group of people that we've shared devotion and the practices of bhakti with and we've stayed pretty close to i won't say everybody but to most of the people which makes for a very big extended family how did you how did all this uh, i mean where did your journey start with all this i know you know there's there's so many different legs of of what you do but how did you actually get started in kirtan and bhakti and chanting in general well um you know, I've been leading and singing kirtan for about 50 years. So it's, it's a long, long story, really. But to make it, <laughs> to make it con- more concise, you know, I-, I grew up in New York City, and I was first exposed to the Hare Krishna community when I was around 16 or something like that. I, I never joined that group, but but first hearing that chanting, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was it enraptured me, mm-hmm. and then I became, you know, really drawn to all things Indian and particularly all things musically Indian. And I started studying with Ali Akbar Khan, a great master who passed away eleven years ago and lived in the Bay Area. And so then I went to India when I was uh, nineteen, I guess, um, and. <laughs> well, yeah, I spare the details. The crazy. So there were some <laughs> crazy details. Well, I will just say, I went to meet this guru, who I, I didn't know, but I had been studying yoga with one of his disciples. So I went to meet him, uh, and when I got to India, I found out that he was in jail for mass murder. <laughs> so okay, so, <laughs> so my agenda was suddenly uh, like, whoa, what am I doing? But within a week, I found myself in Vrindavan, which is a little village in North India, uh, super sacred to followers of Krishna. It, it, it was where Krishna lived as a young, as a little boy and as a young teenager until he left. And there I met a man named Nimkaroli Baba. Uh, you know, at, at that point, I was not looking for a guru. I was not even wanting a guru at 19 years old, I was like, okay, been there, done that. Right. You know, but I met this, this man and he's the, the guru of Ram Das. He's the guru of Krishna Das and mm-hmm. Agavan Das. And, you know, so, uh, m- many people that you might know. And well, to make a very long story short, uh, I feel that he implanted in me this seed of, of longing for God mm. and, and this instruction, you know, not a specific instruction because he wasn't a teacher. He never gave, never gave discourses or lectures or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But this guidance that, you know, the way to nurture that seed 
that that was planted was to sing God's names. Yeah, and um, many of his uh, followers and devotees had that felt that same calling, but not everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I, so I feel that even though I was really intrigued and kind of like. Uh, something sizzled about bhakti even before I went to India. It was meeting Maharaji. That's what we called him, Maharaji, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, clicked on this this process, this practice, this journey of bhakti yoga. When, I, I don't know, I, I, I've shared this a few times on, on the podcast, and, and I'm pretty vocal about it in class. When I first heard anyone chanting, I was just so like, what are people doing? Like, I actually remember making fun of people that chanted because, I mean, in retrospect, obviously it was because something that I really wanted to do. Um, but of course it was easier to make fun of the thing than it was to actually embrace the thing. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's one of the basic things in life. It's so easy to judge and it's so difficult to actually do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was absolutely, I, I looked at, you know, I think it was, I think it was a Janet Stone class. And I'm like, what are these people doing? Like, why? I didn't understand it. And I actually, you know, it, it took me a really long time in my own yoga practice journey, you know, outside of asana that, you know, like singing and connecting in the way of singing and using voice and using mantra. I didn't get that until, you know, even just a few years ago where I was like, there's the connection. That's why you sing because you feel the joy. You feel the you know, everything that kind of goes with there's, it's kind of hard to put a name to it. Right. But you just, you tune in, you drop in when you first started, uh, you know, I guess this, did you feel it right away or was it something that kind of came over time with song and singing something that you, it was a part of your life and it integrated or, or, or did, was it burst well, out of this? The, the, the first time I was, I was exposed to Kirtan. I mean that, yeah, I, yes, I was exposed to Kirtan in New York by by kind of just watching the Hare Krishnas. But it wasn't until the disciple of the guru who was in jail for murder came out and, and I was in California at that point and he was a lovely guy and he was taught us a lot of kirtans. And I was immediately, immediately struck with the, the joy of it. Mm. Now, over the years, my relationship to the practice has uh, you know, evolved, and and gradually. Well, when I was with Maharaji, uh, I'll put it. Let me put it this way. Um, you know, I had a difficult childhood without going into any details. And but as a young young man, I, I kind of sectioned off all that pain and put it in a corner of my heart, as if it didn't exist. Um, one day. Several weeks after meeting Maharaji, I went to his ashram to see him, you know, early in the morning. And, and the the guard there said I couldn't come in. And I said, why? I've been coming every day for three weeks. And he said, um, he had a gruff voice. He said, Maharaji left. I said, what do you mean he left? I just saw him yesterday. He left in the middle of the night. Well, where did he go? He didn't say. Um, when's he coming back? He didn't say. And... <laughs> And, and it was really harsh. And, and I hadn't known prior to that how attached I had become to this human being. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I went out and sat in front of this big, beautiful statue of Hanuman. Mm-hmm. And, and this is 1971. And I started singing. And suddenly, in my singing, I accessed this well of pain inside of me. Mm-hmm. So, so, and rather than being paralyzed and st- and stunted by the pain, the pain um, entered my singing, and suddenly I, I felt a, a wholeness in my heart that I had never felt. And that wholeness wasn't all joy; it was many, many, many colors. And si- since that time, you know, this expanding of the ex- experience of kirtan and this expanding understanding of bhakti, which on one hand, is is pure joy and spiritual connection. On the other hand, it's uh, you know uh, allowing oneself to feel the separation and and the anxiety of of separation from spirit. That all, all of us go, you know, it's like the waxing and the waning of the moon. We all at times feel so connected, and at other times feel unconnected, mm-hmm. and. And we're trained in America, probably the whole world, we're trained that in those desperate feelings of longing, we're trained to shut that down with with either a drink or a smoke or, you know, whatever. But in in bhakti, we're we're directed, we're invited, I guess, to to sit in that fire and, and sing that pain as well as that joy. And so often the experience is, is, simultaneous you know what i mean it's like you're feeling this beautiful joyful feeling and this longing longing wound you know it's not it's the the feeling of the longing is actually healing the wounds but Mm -hmm. but we're feeling the wounds while we're singing yeah so so yeah in answer to your question immediately upon hearing kirtan i felt joy but over the years, I've found that my kirtan is able to express for myself many, many wide spectrum of emotions that normally, just like in regular life, I, I don't allow myself quite to go there, you know? Sure. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a tool to help you navigate there. Yeah. Well, how did, how did, I mean, Matt, I have so many questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about your album. I want to talk about, there's a lot of things I want to ask you. Actually, I, let's, let's kind of divert there. Okay. You know, yeah, I've seen your music transform people. Literally, I've seen your music hit, I've, I've seen people hit play and then your music comes on and they just start dancing and literally something takes over them and it's, That's so horrible. <laughs> well, it's, it is really cool, man. You're moving, you're literally moving energy through people and you're getting people's spirits up and, and like you just said i understand the power of chanting and bhakti and singing and i know you do too and i'm assuming that maybe i'm projecting this on you but you create a lot of it and you've recently i know just before corona you released a new album tell me about the new album and and what inspired it and what we, what can what can we expect on it yeah well you know it's really different because i guess two years ago Two or three years ago, I released a double album called Roots Rock Rama. And mm-hmm. and that's all kirtan, but in in many different styles. Like the, it's a double CD. So the first CD is all reggae and samba kirtan. Mm-hmm. And the second CD is is very 
uh, like introverted and moody and spacey kirtan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I felt in a way when I, when I released that, and of course this was right sort of at the cusp of when CDs were about to be completely over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I felt that, that, there was 50 years of Kirtan experience in, in that double album. I don't know. It, it's, it was just a feeling more than a, like a, a tangible, specific thing I could explain. But then, oh, meanwhile, I should say, over the course of like seven years, the past seven or eight years, when it was Nubia's birthday, now Nubia is a person who you, you don't give her jewelry, you don't give her clothing. You, I mean, you have to really think hard because she's not a person that has a lot of desires for stuff. Mm. So I went into the studio and several for several years recorded these very, very deep and very moody and very um, spacious guitar meditations, mm-hmm. um, which I which I you know, played. No singing. This is the first thing I'd ever done without singing. Mm-hmm. And and so I would give them to her each year and it became her her private Jai collection. She she would play them in her yoga classes and people would come up to her and say, Oh, where's that what is that music? I want to get it. And Nubi would say, Well no, this is my personal Jai music library. <laughs> right. Yeah. And but then when Corona hit really hard um, you know, a lot of my good ideas are actually Nubia's ideas. So, <laughs> so and this is really true. So when Corona hit really hard, Nubia said, you know, this is the time to, to put that music into the world because it's very, very calming and very, very healing. And, and, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, there's no beats, you know, there's no, it's not certainly the opposite of dance music mm-hmm. and and it's different than anything I've ever done. So at first I was resistant because I was thinking like, oh, wait a second, this is so not the Jayutal brand. Yeah. <laughs> but we both realized, and you know, Nubia stimulated this, but we both realized that what can we do now that the world was completely freaking out. Now it's still freaking out, but when that, when the pandemic f- first hit, you know, the anxiety level of, of the whole world was was just seriously over the top. So that's an understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah. So so we said, well, what can we do to help? And she said, let's put the, put this album out. And it's called Gauri's Lullaby. And Gauri is the the consort of Lord Shiva and and it's also Nubia's spiritual name that she, she never uses, but um each time I would give her a song, one would be Gauri's dream, one would be Gauri's longing, one would be Gauri's uh, Shama Gauri. You know, they were all, all the, the titles of the songs all had that name in it. Mm. So, so we put it out as Gauri's lullaby. And um, of course, we, di- we didn't make hard copies, but, uh, you know, it was kind of like an, an offering. Mm-hmm. Because financially, you know, on the streaming services, we make almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had mixed relationship in my own being around the streaming services. But in this case, we we felt the need to give this as a gift 
because who you know people who listen to it well it has an effect it's like it's almost like a medicinal you know what yeah. i mean yeah absolutely and and um you know occasionally i look at spotify and see how many streams it's gotten but i don't really go there um for, you know for that because it's a little crazy making but I, i'm glad that it that it's it's spreading and spreading and spreading and that and that that medicine of that music is is helping people through this time this is a super intense time even even the most chilled out person which isn't me by the way <laughs> but even the ch most chilled out person is challenged right now Hey everybody, this week's episode is sponsored by Ladder, my, at this point you know, new favorite protein powder uh, for smoothies. Y'all have seen it in my green smoothies every morning. Um, it really does just keep me feeling top notch. It keeps me fueled. I mean, I'm teaching anywhere between 10 and 15 things a week, working with clients. Um, Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they, uh, they brought it together because they wanted to change the way supplements are made. So they've got some of the top scientists formulating this stuff. I've been using it, and it really is just top clean performance. You can check out uh, their Essential Greens, which is my favorite, and I also use their plant-based uh, vanilla protein. Um, sometimes I'll get crazy and use chocolate. Uh, anyway, you can get 30% off your entire order if you check out ladder.sport and use the code BETTEREVERYDAY. Again, that's 30% off your entire order. Check out ladder.sport. There's no way not to feel the stress of, you know, a Corona and then, you know, Black Lives Matter. There's, exactly. there's yeah. you can't, you can't not feel this. Everyone else is stressed out. So that vibration is obviously going to have an effect on us. It's the way, you know, we're, we're, we're nothing but atoms and, and, and limitless potential, but we also have the ability to, to, to vibrate and, you know, that changes frequently, like your music, your music has the, the ability to change people just as the stress level of the world has the ability to change people. So, yeah. And, and I think that people who are like deep into yoga, uh, uh, whatever form of, of yoga also, you know, that their empathy, empathy grows, mm -hmm. you know, you, as you become more aware of our interconnectedness, we also just naturally feel everybody a little bit more, which sometimes, sometimes, it, you know, it's not, well, I won't say it's not good. Sometimes it, it's 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 challenging, you know, and and other times it you know it's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. When um, when I know this, all this was going down. I'm sure you guys had probably had plans to do um, the Bhakti Summer Camp. This is this this is the one I want to get into because this is what everyone talks about. So <laughs> you guys you guys started Bhakti Summer Camp how long ago? 18 years ago. And again, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? No. Uh, no, it's been a while. And again, I got to say that it was Nubia's idea. And as usual, I was a little resistant at first. <laughs> but um, yes, it's been 18 years. And twice, there's been a couple of breaks in the winter camp, but mostly twice a year. Winter camp has been in Brazil, has been a bunch of times in Mexico, in Costa Rica, in Guatemala, and even one time in India. Summer mm -hmm. camp has always been closer to home. Um, the last bunch of years, it's been in Fairfax at a at a dance studio in Fairfax. Mm -hmm. And we live in Fairfax, and that's been so awesome. We had a couple of great uh, summers at Harbin Hot Springs, <clears throat> but before the fire there. Right. 
And so, you know, I was quite like nervous, I guess I could say at the beginning of our first Kirtan camp, because I was thinking like, well, what do I, what can I offer? What can I teach? You know, I, I felt like inadequate, I guess you can say. Sure. Um, and, and then, but I quickly began to feel even midstream first in the very first camp that it wasn't, yes, I'm the teacher, but on a bigger picture, it was all of us sitting in this boat kind of, and we put, throw up the sail and our gurus, you know, my guru and all the invisible uh, spirits and guides of all the different people at the camp, you know, fills the sail and takes us to wherever it was that we were supposed to go. And, and I, I, you know, I'm also kind of a shy person, less so now that I'm older, but I used to be terribly shy. And so I, I, I was, always like, okay, we're going to have this group of people and it's going to be in a small place and we're going to be very intimate. Um, so I was like, there was a, a bit of terror there. Yeah. But very quickly, I also saw that everyone who came to our Kirtan camps was coming to explore and expand and share their hearts mm -hmm. and that these were beautiful people. Um, so more and more, I, you know, the, like the, the negative emotions just kind of like went away and it and I just love 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 sharing with a group of people in a very you know intimate environment it's awesome to sing at a festival with 5,000 people but I have to say that I really prefer sitting in a room with 50 or 60 people and spending days together and um, you know really sharing our hearts What's the most, I mean, I'm sure as a, you know, as a teacher, you always get to see, well, especially when it, in an intimate experience like that, you know, what's, and I don't want to say the most rewarding thing, but what's one of the coolest things when you look back and you see it start to, you know, like on retreat, oh, I'm, I'm always like halfway in, I'm like, I see them start to pop out of their shells and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's an easy question. The most awesome thing is to see that people who have had never any musical training and have never even barely opened their mouth to sing mm. are suddenly able with full spirit and, and full support of the people around them to lead a kirtan. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's just, you know, it's completely life transforming. And it's not that the goal is to make kirtan leaders, but the, I mean, really the goal is for people to be able to um, create a, a home personal bhakti practice right. but but sharing your prayer with others and leading others in it uh as we do in the kirtan camp is it, it completely it completely changes people's en entire view of who they are mm -hmm. you know and and that is just the pure joy and then you know after the camps we get letters and emails you know i just got together with a couple of friends and very shyly led my first kirtan it was very awkward but but it was awesome and you know we get those kind of letters and it's you know that's so fulfilling yeah yeah are you i know i know obviously coronavirus is a thing right now uh, i you're gonna start this is gonna be the first year that you're gonna offer that uh the 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 the, the summer camp online yeah can you talk a little more about uh, what the program is going to be like and how you guys have maybe, I'm sure you've had to structure it a bit differently. 
Yeah. Well, uh, let me preface it by saying that we're not 100% sure that the August camp will be canceled. Got it. Um, but if it if it does go on, it's going to be like, you know, really maximum 12 people. So there's still a possibility of that. Um, but yeah, you know, in the Kirtan camps and really in my concerts and my Kirtans and pretty much my life, I'm, I'm really spontaneous and unscripted. I, I, you know, if I'm playing with a full band, we make a set list, but if I'm just playing with some percussionists and a singer, I never even plan what I'm going to sing. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so that so Kirtan camp is kind of like that the 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 wants the needs the intentions of the of the group seem to just pull out of me what is usually not always but it's usually the right direction and and thing to discuss and teach um, for the for the online camp I we I say we Nubi and I needed to really kind of organize from a sort of an A to a Z way uh, the unfolding of the path of bhakti and, you know, particularly the the practice of, of singing, but not exclusively, you know, some of the other practices in bhakti as well. And, and you know, for me, it was hard to put all my put my knowledge and my experience into a, uh, an organized orderly sequential program. Yeah. But, but that challenge was also awesome because it made me really focus on what I wanted to share and the order in which it would be shared and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And also like how to teach technical things like on the harmonium or on the guitar how to teach that in a video and, and, and most importantly, how to maintain the spirit of devotion and connectivity and community uh, in a pre-recorded video episode. Mm -hmm. So it, it was challenging, but I feel like we were really successful. Uh, you know, I hope that people love it, you know, um, there's a lot of material and some of it is, you know, you got to think and some of it is just fun and some of it is very just deep. There's a lot of singing, but there's also a lot of um, stories about the deities and about saints from India. And there's a lot of mantra chanting, of course. And, and then there, there will also be three two hour zoom room sessions where people where we'll, we'll actually be able to interact and uh, sing together and people will ask questions, I, I'm hoping and assuming, and having a, a conversation with each other. So, um, yeah, it's the first time I've, I've done it. <laughs> we're all having to shift and change. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. being, we're being forced. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, Danny, I, I've been doing twice weekly, bi-weekly, live stream concerts since since the the shelter in place order was ordered and and a real a real community i feel has gathered around these live streams you know people talk to each other people talk to me and um i mean they you know with chatting and with writing yeah. and, and yep. just uh it's kind of wonderful to see how 
connection can happen with physical distance. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I did at the very, like it was the first week of the, of the shutdown, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I made a little video of myself singing a chant that I wrote and I sent this to many, many of the Kirtan, the well-known Kirtan singers around, just around mm-hmm. and asked everybody to sing a verse. And then, you know, and, and I'm kind of low tech, so my skill set around it wasn't great, but I made it work and and I called it Stay Close. The song, the chant was Rate Sham, but I but I called the video Stay Close because you know the the concept of social distancing I, I just completely disagree with. The concept of, of physical distancing, unfortunately, is the reality and it's important but in times when we are forced to be physically distant from each other those are the times when we even more gotta reach out to each other and and touch hearts yeah um you know ever more so right yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah so that's what that's what newbie and i both have been been trying to do and you know, I think as with everyone, sometimes we will do a session or something and it'll feel awesome. And sometimes, you know, we get stressed out around the, the technology and the internet is not working right. And, you know, so it, it's like a bit of a seesaw on, on that level, which is also kind of the way I would describe describe my own emotional state in the last three and a half months, is it? Mm, uh, yeah. You know, kind of up and down, up and down, sometimes very anxious, sometimes very relaxed. <laughs> you should you you should ask me about my emotional state just in the last two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not even one day at a time. It's like one hour at a time or one minute at a time. Oh my god! It's like every second is like just brace yourself. <laughs> and and then you know, and then if you read the news, and I'm not even talking right now about the Black Lives Matter movement, because that's a whole nother oh, discussion yeah. to have. But yeah. if, if you read the news about um, the coronavirus, the COVID, you know, even in the same day, you'll hear completely opposite advice and completely mm-hmm. opposite predictions. And, um, you know, and of course, we're always looking for some new, some information we want to know. And the information just makes us crazy because it's so contradictory yeah it's hard it's really a you know this is a hard time for humanity on many 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 levels and for people in the yogic world you know we have to really keep our eyes open and 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 particularly in terms of the black lives matter movement we have to like look into ourselves and see who we are and and we have to act and you know, really be conscious and act from that consciousness. And at the same time, we have to kind of find a place of peace inside of ourselves amidst this devastatingly weird virus. Mm-hmm. And and it's a time for us all to, to check into our practices just a, a little deeper than we had been. Um, easier said than done, you know, obviously, but, but I think many people are, are aware of that um, necessity. Yeah. I think whatever the, you know, whatever version of the practice you're in right now, cause it shifts and changes. Um, yeah. I think it's more important than more. Yeah. Just more important that like now this is what I love about yoga right now. And, and the many 
you know, avenues of yoga. So you, we don't have to make it sexy anymore. I keep saying that we don't have to like make it flashy and be like, come do this. People are just like, how do I get grounded? How do I tune in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> this is very well said. I don't have to make it sexy. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I watch a little bit of my uh, afterwards of my online videos and, and, and I see like some days that I'm really shining, you know, and other days, boy, I, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't want to go see that guy, <laughs> but, but we're being real, right? Yeah. We're being real with each other. And, and that's what, that's what we got to do. Jai, I, I know you've, you've got a lot going on and, and your time is just as scarce as a lot of people's. And I, I just, uh, you're a legend, man. It's so cool to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much. It's been a really nice conversation and, and, um, you know, for your listeners, I'm just going to say we're we're still taking registrations for our Kirtan camp till July 4th. The Kirtan camp starts on June 30th, but our first interactive meeting where we all see each other is July 5th. So July 4th is the the last possibility of buying a ticket to come to the Kirtan camp. So I just want to throw that out and and that people want to join us. And uh, at any rate, whether they do or they don't, it's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much, Jai, for keeping it real. And uh, until the next Yogi Misfit sessions, this is Danny and Jai saying peace out. <laughs> peace out. <laughs>